0: Welcome back to the Get Grit podcast. I am Brad Pohl, your host, and this is where we tell the stories of sinners and saints. In the last speech given by General Douglas MacArthur at West Point, he made strong note of a great moral code that existed in our country and what is required of men. This code of conduct and chivalry of those who guard this beloved land and culture of ancient descent for all eyes and for all time. It is an expression of the ethics of the American soldier. Not so distant in the past, these ideals of the Corps united us all, through our ability to attain them by the sweat and blood through which the Almighty God breathed into us. G.K. Chesterton spoke out when progressivism was in its infancy. It is being argued that children are supposed to be permitted to discover and clarify for themselves their own values, and personal moral stance in the world. Yet we do not permit children to invent their own math. We teach them multiplication tables. Nor do we encourage children to make up their own personal alphabets. We teach them how to read. What might one soon suppose would be the outcome of an education that did permit children to invent their own alphabets in math? No doubt the result would be confusion, chaos. Ought we to be surprised at the outcome of our recent efforts to help children clarify their own values, in point of fact, invent their own personal moralities. Quote. Recently, a notable Division I football coach stated that to get a quarterback out of the transfer portal, it would cost a school 1.5 to 2 million in name, image, and likeness money. Of course, this statement wasn't to really inform the media and the public of the current state of affairs in athletic recruiting. Rather, it was stated to make public what the ask was going to be for donors of the athletic program. True story here. A young man on a campus visit to a mid-major Division I football program enters the office of the head coach for his personal visit along with his parents. The head coach begins telling the young man what his football program is all about, their culture, what they believe, their moral constructs, their virtues. The young man interrupts the head coach in mid-sentence and states, What will my name, image, and likeness money be here? I've been offered $1.5 million at three other schools. If you guys can't beat that, then this discussion is over. His parents just sit there and smile proudly at their son. I'm guessing that many out there will hear this story and say, yes, young people should be paid for what they're worth, first and foremost. And all that other stuff about character-building bullshit, it's just that. Morality is a personal matter anyway. Today, it seems, it's about serving a lesser god. When the name, image, and likeness genie was let out of the box by some senator who actually played Division I football, although he didn't play much, You always notice that when someone doesn't get as much playing time as they think they deserve, there is always someone else to get even with. But as a dear friend said, did anyone bother to ask the question, we've never done this before. Why did we have fences up so this type of thing couldn't happen earlier years? Though the naysayers will point out, MacArthur had his problems, and enough already, with a life like football, like war parodies. However... As it has already been stated, today men have chosen to serve a lesser God. The fence which the infamous senator burnt down was a blockade around the great virtues, as the general points out. Duty, honor, country. Those three hallowed words reverently dictate what you ought to be, what you can be, what you will be. Have they now been closed, silenced within the world? has become just about the money. Are the virtues attained by young men only through their sweat and blood a thing of the past? We no longer hear the general's words aloud, only the faint whispers that echo from those whom we do not know the dignity of their birth, but we know the glory of their death. These three words build courage when courage seems to fail, to regain faith when there seems to be little cause for faith, to create hope when hope seems forlorn. The unbelievers will say that they are just old words, slogans, and flamboyant phrases. Yet they build character. They mold you for the future. They make you strong enough to know when you are weak and brave enough to face yourself when you are afraid. They teach you to be proud and unbending in honest failure, but humble and gentle in success. Not to substitute words for action, not to seek the path of comfort, but to face the stress and spur of difficulty and challenge. To learn to stand up in the storm, but to have compassion on those who fall. To master yourself before you seek to master others. To have a heart that is clean, a goal that is high. To learn to laugh, yet never forget how to weep. To reach into the future, yet never neglect the past. To be serious, yet never take yourself too seriously. To be modest, so that you will remember the simplicity of true greatness, the open mind of true wisdom, the meekness of true strength. They give you a temper of the will, a quality of the imagination, a vigor of the emotions, a freshness of the deep springs of life, a temperamental predominance of courage over timidity, an appetite for adventure over love of ease. They create in your heart the sense of wonder, the unfailing hope of what next, and the joy and inspiration of life. Can this be gained within a man who has decided he must be paid first without proving himself and before the trials and shapes of the clay his efforts were to bring about? Pay me now before it is time that I must drain the deep chalice of courage that life will ask of me. For I myself have developed my own personal moralities, but the lesser God drains their chalice before it can be drunk the lesser God steals that part of a man's heart which soaks up truth. So how will men learn to be men if they do not listen? When the sound of money is so loud, how can they hear? I knew a man who once wrote on his sleeve, be a man. It was a reminder for him, I think, of something he hoped to become. But if we take men at face value, let us think the best of them, that they deserve peace and goodwill because God breathed life into us all. But let us never waver to encourage the virtues of duty, honor, country, and share the gospel of a greater God, both by our words and our actions. And let us keep up this fight into the wee hours of our lives for men to raise up men who are real men in both word and action. Not the sissified version invented by the woke agenda, but those who are, as C.S. Lewis said, men with chests. Yes, men who would be worthy even for the core. As General MacArthur wrote in closing, I want you to know that when I cross the river, my last conscious thoughts Will be of the core and the core and the core. Ain't it so? This is Getting Grit signing off. Blessings to you all. Merry Christmas. Dominus Bobiscum.